Reddit did to do and welcome into more important issues. It is Thursday, July 11th. I almost said Wednesday. It's a different night, I know. But we're here. We're mm-hmm. ready. We're absolutely ready. Um, really kind of a dead week. At least you had the home run derby, which I think is easily the most exciting all-star weekend event. Oh, like, yeah. Like, out of any, like, NHL, NBA, Pro Bowl event. Like, it is the best. And it's, are you just talking about the home run derby? Or are you talking about the all-star weekend in general? Just the home run derby. Like, okay. I don't, I could care. I mean, the celebrity, the celebrity game is cool, but, like, you get the same thing in basketball, kind of. Yeah. But, so, like, it's nothing different. But the home run derby by itself is easily the coolest event. I mean, it's just exciting to watch. It's, and they, they have cool events at the, I don't watch the NS, NHL, um, but I know it, at the Pro Bowl, they have, they have some cool events, and they've got some cool events at um, the NBA, like the three-point uh, shootout's fun. The dunk contest, some years, it's fun. But as far as, like, just, especially this year alone, like, as far as that goes, easily one of the more exciting. I kind of wish, and I agree with you, I think the Home Run Derby is definitely the best. It's way better. I think it's better than the All-Star Game. Honestly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, um, the, all, all of the all-star games, in my opinion, suck. Like, I've never watched one. But I, I really like how or, don't even know. the MLB uses, like, the different stadiums. Yeah. I hate how... Um, it's really just it's the, really just the Pro Bowl that stays the same. Yeah, and I, I don't like that. I, yeah. I think that could really... Which they used... They're not in Miami. Or in Miami. They are in Miami now, right? Right. It's not in Hawaii. Not in Hawaii. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah they, they need to just use every stadium. I think that would... Put a lot more. Uh, it's more exciting. I think, yeah, I think it'd be more fans. exciting it's, for fans. It's yeah. different fans. It's different cities. It definitely be more exciting. I don't, Especially in Hawaii, like there was nobody. Yeah, there. it's very empty. It's it's a fun week for the players, I guess. But like at the same time, if you've gone six times, is it that much more fun? Right. Like it's definitely fun the first time around. It's Hawaii. I mean, yeah. So, but uh, yeah, I agree. They should definitely start start traveling around. They, I will say the Pro Bowl has gotten more fun in what they do. Now, the issue is some of the games are like, why am I watching this? Like, watching them play dodgeball? I'm sorry. That's just – I. It's, a, it's fun to watch in a way, but not in, like, a football way. And not everybody gets to participate. No. So, I – and I don't like that. I don't like how your best two teams aren't even allowed in the Pro Bowl. Right. That's like true. That. I didn't really kind of consider that. But, yeah, it's true the way it – the way the Pro Bowl is set up. But you couldn't do – you at least couldn't play a game. In terms of football, you couldn't play a football game. Yeah, in the middle of the season. No. You'd have to wait until the end of the year. I mean, the week they do, it's the right week in terms of there's nothing else going on and everyone just wants football because the Super Bowl is the next week. So, the way they do that is like the Senior Bowl. Nobody watches the Senior Bowl. No. So, it it is what it is. Unless you're a scout. And then maybe you're watching the Senior Bowl. So, could be wrong, I guess. You might be. Um, Before we jump into this episode, I do want to tell you about you guys about my friends at MyBookie. Since I've started this show, I, I get asked all sorts of questions about who to bet on and who to bet with. I don't know, always know who's going to win, except for this home run derby. <laughs> well, I told you guys wrong on the show, but right before, I got it. But I do know where to go. The answer is my bookie. Between their live in-game betting, endless props, and fantasy sports wagers, there's something for everyone. With the best player perks in the sportsbook business, they've been good to, good to us, and we know they'll be good to you. They're hooking our listeners up all month. If you visit mybookie.ag and use the promo code ISSUE when creating your account to claim up to 50, a 50% bonus, laying down $100, you've now got an extra $50 in play. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E.ag, promo code ISSUE. You play, you win, you get paid. Go check them out. 
yeah, I was wrong on the show about who to pick. But right before, I was like, I was, I was just kind of sitting there. I, I keep my if I have bets going, I keep my bookie up. Whether it's if I'm at a game on my phone or on my laptop if I'm watching games, I just keep it up for no reason. Like you can't like, there's nothing really, no reason. It's just I guess kind of a feel thing. Right before, I was like, I'm gonna bet on Alonzo here, and I did. I won. I was like, him and uh, it was kind of a stupid bet because him and Acuna were in the same side of the bracket, so it's not like necessarily if they both got to the finals one of them would win i was just you know i was definitely gonna win money it wasn't that way so that was kind of dumb of me it, it was just a feel thing yeah and i got lucky and he won yeah it was good <laughs> if, you're lucky vlad did if vlad so many home runs if he hadn't gone 40 home runs in the second round he yeah. probably would have won so 25 miles almost 25 24.8 miles of distance home run distance for everybody or for just for Vlad? For everybody. Okay, fair. I was about to say, I, I don't... I, Vlad had 400, or 17, 450-plus home runs. It was electric, man. Like, especially that... I was, I mean, literally on my feet on the... Uh, like, when it got into the three-pitch one. I yeah. was like, oh, my God. Like, here we go. Like, I was actually, like... And Peterson had feet. it. He just hit one foul. Dude, how bad does that suck? That sucks. And, like, his but last his, one... His he pitcher just, was incredible. Yeah, he's laying him out there. Who's was it that has his? It was a guy who was Alonzo, his freaking cousin. cousin. Yeah, <laughs> about hit him with a pitch. Yeah, and we almost was got the first hit by pitch. Yeah, I yeah, it was so. okay. And then Acuna's pitcher was bad too because he was hitting him from all over the place. I'm trying to figure out if Acuna, like, uh, you probably have a better idea of this. If he had just swung, like, if he had just tried to pull everything, like, hit as hard as he could, do you think he wins? I feel like that has to mess with your rhythm, like trying to hit all over the place. Yeah, but like, I mean, he he I has realize, the ability to hit them all over the field, right? Like I realize what kind of like I get that. But if his pitcher put it in the right place, he would he would he would have done it. Yeah, yeah. It's just I don't know. I wasn't like, oh, he definitely wins. I was just like, I feel like that's got to be a rhythm thing. Like you're you're almost swinging. Your timing's different. And I feel like the last the last guy always wins. So if you're batting last, you more than likely win. Yeah. You, I mean, you got a, you got a good. And I, and Pete Alonso, I think he went second in every single one that he went, because every single one was a walk off. Yeah, I think he did. He didn't. Two of them, he didn't have to use his bonus. Yeah, so that's cool. No, no need for that bonus. But yeah, it was a, it was a fun event. I was like, Lit. can we do the home run derby every week? <laughs> like, yeah. just once a week, just all right. Especially uh, in the off season, just give us something. Yeah, I could, I would watch that. Um, find ways to do it in other sports. There's got to be something similar, right? Yeah. Uh, we're going to look at the SEC media days coming up. Tennessee, I'm sure other schools did as well. Actually, they did because I saw there's going to be like six quarterbacks there this year. Yeah. At SEC media days, a lot of quarterbacks. Um, and uh, so we're going to talk some SEC media days. The guys that are going for us, it's Jared Garantano, Danny Batuli, and Daryl Taylor. That's a that's the guys we've been talking about leadership-wise, like who we think has stepped up and who we think needs to. So that's good to see. If you, that means they have at least if a little you bit. watch that Virginia Tech game and hear Daryl Taylor, we gonna whoop that, you know. Um, would you ever think he'd be at SEC Media Days representing Tennessee? Yeah, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I mean like, <laughs> that kind of that kind of stuff makes you and like no one had. I think he had only played in one game before then. Like everyone was like, "Who is this?" When he had done it, when yeah. he had said it, yeah, because I think his first actual game was Appalachian State. Yeah, so. Oh, was it App State? Oh, really? 
Oh, yeah, that's his same first, year, his year, first game, yes. Virginia yeah. Tech would have been the Did he play did he play in any of those games leading up to Virginia Tech besides Appalachian State? Like see, I, I didn't think he had played much. If Because I think that was his freshman year. Right. I'm just saying I don't think he had played much at all. Uh, I don't know. And yeah, I don't I, I don't I doubt it. Right. Because you had Derek Barnett, Corey Vereen. Yeah, so that's true. And everyone was like, Who is this guy? And he got famous for something. Not quite football related. WGWTFA. It would have been bad if we had lost that game. Like for the first probably ten minutes, we thought we might. Yeah. So, yeah, that would have been that would have been tough. One of the greatest videos of all time. Yeah. But let's let's talk about these three. I think there is no surprise in all three of these players. Um, you know, JG has a story of he's the best quarterback on the roster. How is how was he going to develop and, um, I mean, you with kinda, Jim Chaney and, and yeah. things like that? And you kind of knew he was a leader. I mean, even last year, I think they were, especially the way you heard the uh, offensive line talk, like they were kind of waiting for him to, I mean, I'm not like giving him an out, but they were kind of wanting him to step up and kind of need him to be the leader. I think it was the Auburn game, they, which they played decent, the offensive line did in the Auburn game. And they talked about how big it is for them to see uh, JG kind of have that swagger. Like mm-hmm. that helps them, and yeah. he bring, then he it carries over and he brings it to the huddle and it carries over to the rest of the team. And um, so I mean I think if he can, which I know it's tough when you're getting obliterated every play to have swagger of any sort or to bring much leadership, positive leadership into a huddle. But I mean if he's able to do that, I'm I'm confident in the offense's ability to do something. I don't know how much, but something. And I think a lot of that is confidence. I think. Oh yeah. Starting last year, Jeremy Pruitt didn't give any praise towards any of the quarterbacks. <laughs> no. Um, so, I mean, I feel, I feel like this is big. It was big for Jeremy Pruitt to, to kind of give – he's starting to give praise toward Garantano and his development. Um, and I think this is huge for Garantano confidence-wise to get selected to go to right. Monday. And obviously, Jared Garantano feels confident in Jim Chaney. The, the tweet he replied back to somebody when they were talking about how does, does Jim Chaney help his confidence in his game and he's – Lots. Lots. I mean, so he's, he obviously has confidence in like in what Jim Chaney's bringing to the table, and that's that's good. I mean, I'm not saying Jim Chaney's going to turn him around and do magic with him, but um, I do. I will say this: I think he has more athletic. He seems to have a better arm than Crompton, um, and I mean, I don't know if there's much hope for Crompton at all. And he had a fine 2009 season. Yeah, and a lot of people were like hating because his stats were padded against bad teams. I can't remember the yards he threw, but he threw four. But he was the SEC Player of the Week against Georgia that year. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, surely at least three hundred yards in that game if you're getting SEC Player of the I Week. I think he, I think JG has been more productive at Tennessee than Crompton was before Jim Chaney took over. As yeah, someone ran that, and he was yes. But and someone, no, 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 I think Crompton was slightly more. But they used, they pointed out that he was more. Uh, he had padded the stats against right. lesser teams. Yeah. That was what it was. Um, but and I, I mean I hate I'm not sitting here telling you JG is going to be great and win us even nine games this year eight games I, I don't know that but I mean I, I've said it today I'm kind of meh about him like I don't think he's terrible I don't think he's great does he have the ability to be great yeah I think he does I mean not great does he have the ability to be a, a, a fine SEC quarterback absolutely I think he does have that ability um, you bring bring Jim, Jim Chaney in here who um, a lot of people have said you know just talked about really positively about what he can do with quarterbacks and and I think a lot of that is confidence. Um, yeah. I think he brings confidence to him. Uh, so I think I, I'm hopeful this year. I am. I, I'm more. I think I'm more. I'm definitely more hopeful than I am about the quarterback situation than I was Butch Jones last year with the whole Dormady thing. 
There was not a lot of talks. You, judging by JG's body language, it seems that, and even I think Butch Jones before the game said they were planning on, there was potential they could rotate them every series and then Garantano didn't play at all that game. Yeah. So obviously Jones didn't even know, kind of have an idea and that's going to hurt. I definitely JG's confidence and it, I mean, it could kind of even affect Dormady's because he doesn't know what's going to come because you can't trust what your coach is saying. Right. So, I mean, I, I don't know that for sure. And, and I don't disagree. I mean, Dormandy played fine in the Georgia Tech game. I mean, he didn't lose it for you, obviously. So I wasn't, I wasn't upset that we rode Dormandy that game, but I was upset by it seemed like not a whole lot of honesty there. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, if you're, if you can, like you said, that confidence is big. If you can feed, your quarterback confidence that does a ton obviously the offensive line even said it, it kind of it uh you know washes off on them i mean i think if our offensive line can be confident that can carry over to also competence and we can be better than last year i don't know how good that is but we can be better than last year oh god yeah i, I don't know i mean I don't, i'm not saying that that doesn't mean great <laughs> that's just you better hope we're better than last year <laughs> yeah. somebody's gonna be gone It'll probably guarantee on a stretcher if we're not yep. better than last year. Yep. So, um, yeah, it's I, I, I am hopeful. I, I don't know. I, I like that JG's going. You, you you talked about how that shows confidence. I like that he's going to SEC Media Days. Yeah, I'm, I mean, there could have been guys that you put in his place. I think you have the two. You, you either have – you have to have somebody on offense. So, I mean, JG is the face of our – whether yeah. people like it or not, he's the face of our offense. He's the face of Tennessee football. Yeah, I mean, the only other guy you probably could have taken was Trey Smith. Yeah, and, and, you're and Trey Smith probably goes if he's healthy. Yeah, you're unsure of what you're getting. But, and, and and that's all the questions he would get is, are you healthy, right. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You know, that's all. And it kind of sucks because it's not really like anything he can help with either. Yeah. Like it's it's just really unfortunate. Yep. So. And, and then you talked about Ty Chandler. He could have been that as well. Um, but then again, you look at who is, who has handled himself. I feel like. Garantano's done a fine job, and he's the quarterback. Yeah, so. he's the quarterback, which makes a – that's the probably the overriding factor right there yeah. when you mentioned people like Ty Chandler. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, SEC media days are always uh, really cool to – honestly, I like it because I don't pay attention to other teams how I do in SEC media days. Like, you, you try to listen to everyone, um, and you, you kind of get a, a small glimpse into their program, which is cool because, yeah, as much as we may follow those teams, you're not listening to what Nick Saban – or some of those players have to say on a day, which they don't get to talk to the media, but some of those guys say on a daily basis. That's just for an example, or if you look at Florida, Dan Mullen, and what those guys say mm-hmm. on a daily basis. So it's cool to hear them, um, and, and it's their, I, you know, usually their, um, you know, face of the program players. So it's cool to hear from yeah. them. I'm, I'm excited for SEC Media Days, and you got the other guys in Daniel Batuli and uh, Daryl Taylor. Daryl Taylor, um, I'm really excited for this season. I think, I think he can be similar to that Derek Barnett role if – it's not going to be as good as Derek Barnett. That's that's obvious. That's very obvious. But if you can find someone to kind of counterbalance the other side of that line, I think he can be a force. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's the returning SEC sack leader right yep. now. Um, and then you talk about Batuli. I, I think last season when he took Kyle Phillips, um, Eli Wolf, Marquez Callaway, you had production out of Callaway. You didn't really have that much production out of Kyle Phillips and Eli Wolf. So everybody was like, oh. I think they were fillers. Yeah. Because you, I mean, you didn't have that leadership. Which I think JG is a little bit of a filler, but at the same time, you like you mentioned how he's earned it. So I think it is a little bit of, and it could be, it could yeah. be Pruitt showing that, trying to show that confidence in him as well. Mm-hmm. 
And, and these two, Batuli and Daryl Taylor, they've had production. Um, uh, Batuli has led the team in tackles the past two years. He's a middle linebacker. He's a quarterback of that defense. Um, and then Daryl Taylor, who a lot of people think he could be first team all SEC this, this season. I, I'm, I think it's possible. I don't know how likely, but I think it's possible for yeah. sure. Uh, for sure. So, what do you think, like – I know people are going to get asked a bunch of questions. So, biggest stories around Tennessee's program? I think Garantano is going to be asked about um, this year in terms of is it his breakout year? I think he'll get a question like yeah. that. The uh, Cheney, how much is what's, what's Cheney done for you in terms of in the offseason to either bring you confidence, learning the system, things like that? It'll Cheney for Garantano will be that question. Um, Daryl Taylor, what's his big question going to be? Mm. I I, th- I think it's can he be more consistent? Or, yeah. Or what he's doing to be more consistent? I think he's going to get asked about that defensive line too because it's questionable. Yeah. I mean, there's some guys, there's some talent there, but it's also it's fairly questionable. I'm sure he'll be asked about the young guys that are in there because there's a chance several freshmen will have quite a bit of playing time this year on that defensive line. Yeah, I, I think besides Daryl Taylor, ever all all those spots are open. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think there'll definitely be a question about uh, youth, and um, I mean he's expected to be a leader, and he's that said in the spring he was a great leader. So I'm sure that that question will be be had. Daniel Batuli, it, it may be about. Um, oh man, what's his? It, it could be the young guys as well. Yeah, uh, because I mean, that's you lose Darren Kirkland Jr., um, so it, it could be that as well. I yeah. I think the biggest story with. Tennessee as a whole, I think last year was Jeremy Pruitt was a new coach and he, you know, a lot of people said he was a bull in a china shop. He didn't really care what he said. Didn't, didn't really take kind of having to do all the media stuff, but he's getting better. He's getting a lot better. Um, So I, I think it's still Jeremy Pruitt in year two. Is he able to rebuild this program? Yeah, I mean, they're definitely going to get questions because you mentioned it's year two. What's kind of changed and what's – they'll definitely get those kind of questions because yeah. – and you, you hope there's quite a bit's changed. I mean, I, my biggest thing with Butch Jones is that it didn't seem like he could adapt. Jerry Pruitt obviously, obviously needs to adapt. Um, so kind of what, what will he do to adapt? And, and so I think those questions will be asked, you know, what what's changed from year one? Yeah. Um, and if the answer is not much, be scared. <laughs> Yeah, we can we can start we can start uh, freaking out then. Um, which maybe they just you know don't want to reveal their hand, but I'm I might have some questions if the the answer is not much. Yeah, but I, I mean it's obvious like there's change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, there. That's what both I'm coordinators maybe, have changed. Right. Um, you know you you've got and a, and one in a big way in terms of you assume he's gonna relinquish relinquish uh, a lot of the the offensive stuff to Jim Chaney. I don't think Jim Chaney comes here. If the expectation is not that, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, he he definitely wants control of that offense. Um, and you heard rumors that Jeremy Pruitt cuffed Tyson Helton, um, but I and maybe it's just because he was young. Jeremy Pruitt felt like he knew what he was doing, and then kind of learned his lesson and did his best to find somebody who could take it over, and he had confidence in. So, yeah. So hopefully that that's the case. Biggest trap game this fall. Biggest trap. I've got all. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, 
I'm kidding. Kind of. I'm kind of kidding. If you look at our SEC schedule, there's not really a bad, in my opinion, like a terrible position for games. Like if you shuffle them around, I don't think the positions get better. Yeah. I'll say that. Like, I mean, what can you do? There, There's tough games every stretch of the way when you look at the SEC schedule. Mm-hmm. So my, my trap game is a little bit different. And I think, I mean, I don't think it's surprising. Um, I think usually trap games, you're talking either lesser teams, and I just don't think there's any necessarily lesser SEC teams. So it's hard to call it a trap game. Yeah. So mine is UAB. Okay. And you talk about how one of our biggest games is South Carolina. So that's either going to be, when you look at it, an emotional win or an emotional loss. Mm-hmm. Then you've got to go play UAB, who went 11-3. and They're Conference USA champs. They won the Boca Raton Bowl. They're a quality team, obviously. Yeah. Shouldn't beat us. We, we're favored in that game. We should be favored in that game. And then you got to go to Missouri next week. That's And win or lose. Kentucky. That's, Kentucky. Oh, okay, yeah. Kentucky yeah. the next week. So win or lose to that South Carolina, which if, you know, you imagine will be an emotional game just because, and you know, physically exhausting game just because of where we're at as a team. Um, if you get that win, you're probably, you potentially could be coming off four straight losses, five straight losses. Yeah. It's before you get that South Carolina win. If you lose South Carolina, potentially six straight losses. Um, and to bounce back against UAB would be tough. If you win, beat South Carolina, somehow beat Alabama. I, I, do not read wrong. Don't think that's possible. I'm just saying. Then you got UAB, and then you've got you're kind of looking forward to finishing out the SEC schedule. I look at that, and that just that's not playing UAB in that place isn't isn't going to be fun. Yeah, playing someone like Georgia State, which they've actually had a quality program too. Okay, UT, UT Chattanooga. Okay, a quality team like UAB who who has the ability to hang with a top FBS program, that's little has a chance. Has a chance. It, yeah. That's why I think it's a trap game. Okay. See, I didn't say that one. I, I thought about that one, but I didn't say it because of their record last year. I, I feel like you don't overlook a team that went eleven and three. Right. Yeah. You would hope. Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. I look at Kentucky. I look at next week Kentucky. I feel like either if you win South Car- South Carolina or not, hopefully you get back on track with UAB and then you go back to SEC play. And yeah. usually the Kentucky-Missouri-Vanderbilt is key on where you're going to go in bowl season. Right. Is it going to be like, oh, I'm barely making it in? Or we could be talking SEC East. Yeah. I mean that Missouri, that that Kentucky Missouri game potentially could be trap games because maybe you're already bowl eligible. Yeah, and hopefully, I mean that'd be nice. I don't think that's gonna happen, but because that, that means you already won six games with three left. Don't think that's gonna happen. But are you bowl eligible? Are you bowl eligible, Missouri? Mm-hmm. And now you kind of settle in. You feel comfortable. But I, I look at Kentucky. We beat Kentucky last year with one of their best teams too. Right, and they do lose Benny Snell, but they have and they lose. Um, what was the Josh Allen? Josh Allen, yeah, yeah. They they lose both of those those guys, um, but I feel like it's a track game. We don't necessarily play that well at Mm-mm. Kentucky. We don't necessarily play that well on the road anyway. Hey, at least the beat, past we beat Auburn, baby. Oh. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Like the past couple years, we haven't played that well, right? I mean, we haven't played that well played at home well. either. I mean, beating Auburn was yeah. Why? I mean, surprise. I, I can't remember what the road slate was before that. I, don't, I can't remember. It wasn't good. We did beat Georgia the year before, though. So, I mean, I was, yeah. thank you, Juwan Jennings. Bless up. Bless thank up. you. Um, 
respond with your all's biggest trap games as we move on. We'll read them off. Because, um, I, I mean, obviously, I think there's a bunch. I think the any time, any SEC game, you could almost, after another SEC game, you could almost label a trap game. Did you see what the FBI said that we have the, the you, FBI? A, FPI. Yeah, that's what oh, it sounded like FBI. FBI. I know what you meant. Yeah, call the law. I didn't um, realize they were concerned with us. They have, we have a, a 50% chance to win nine games next season. Say that, say that again, I'm sorry. We have a 50, 50% chance to win nine games. Yeah, bull, bull. We don't have that high chance. <laughs> I was just like, wow. After well, a lot the, of, the season we had last year and the year before that, yeah, a lot of people like because FPI put out nine and three or whatever the day, day two days before because they put it out today, right? The fifty percent thing. My days were run together, especially or maybe your, it was earlier this week, I think. Especially with the Twitter outage, I'm, my days are running together. But yeah. um, yeah they they put out the nine and three thing, and then it was like a, they had a you had like a fifty percent chance to do out to do what they had listed, and it's like. A lot of people thought that was incredibly low. I thought that was incredibly high. Now, if you're like 50% chance to go six and six, I feel like you're wrong about that. <laughs> but 50% yeah. chance to go nine and three, I'm like, I, I like those odds yeah. <laughs> compared to what I think they should be. Um, or you don't like those odds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, yeah. And I don't know. Does that mean 50% chance to go nine and three, 50% chance we go three and nine? Like, what does that yeah, 50% maybe. chance yeah. mean? I think it, yeah. I think what it more We have a better, better than 50% chance to win nine games. Uh, oh, I think it's so correct. At, I think it's just JRCVFL. He said, 50% chance to win nine games. Sounds like a meteorologist. There's always a 50% chance. You're right. There That's is. true. You step into a game, you have, for at least a moment, maybe not long, but at least for a moment, you have a 50% chance. Somebody's going to win this game. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, that's very true. And um, oh, I was about to say about, I don't remember. But yeah, if it's a... I th- but I think in those nine games, what more what the FPI saying? I need to look into the FPI. I don't know much about it. Everybody's talking about it now because they love the balls. But I think it's just that we were favored. Yeah. In nine games. Right. I don't think by the start of the year, like when the year starts to move along, I do not think we'll be favored in nine games. Yeah. No. Also, I didn't realize Florida. I was talking about the other day how I, I think Florida's a big game, but they do play Miami before us. Miami. So could that be a demolishing of? Uh, defeat and they're demoralized when they come in or well, they do they Miami win and Florida. come out on fire? I mean, mm-hmm. you never know with Florida, honestly. That is a toss-up. Yeah, we'll see how 50% good Tate Martell is, too. I'm really? curious. I I'm, I mean, obviously, he had some good plays at Ohio State, but I'm curious, like, when he has the reins. Yeah. I hate well, Florida I has a good defense. don't like that attitude, so. Yeah, Florida has a good defense, so we'll see how good he actually is. He probably gets in a fight. We just want to take bets to do that. There's a fight in the Miami-Florida game. Oh, yeah. Tate Martell at quarterback, I feel like that's 100% chance. Oh, yeah. Okay. I would agree. <laughs> Especially if he, he's one of those guys that would start a fight after he throws a pick. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, he oh, would, yeah. like, run down and try to, like, knock somebody out and fails and then just gets in a fight. Yeah. No, I agree. Someone commented. I don't know where it went. Three of those nine games were only favored by uh, – we were only barely favored – Favored by like fifty, I think it was fifty five percent, and so it was pretty much toss up. So yeah, yeah. I mean, there, there's a lot of toss ups on the schedule. Yeah. So that's well. I mean, even the FPI like that says we're favored in nine. But games. I, I just Only don't. I just don't get where the hype has come from. I know, Dude, like, I, I know Tennessee always. We always talk ourselves into, hey, you can win. I've got can win eight games. Oh, we can win nine games. I've got a good conspiracy theory for you. Okay, so Josh Bennett used to work with him. Great dude. 
hope you're listening at some point, whether it be live or on, on the podcast. Yeah. He has this theory, conspiracy theory, that ESPN, Fox Sports, all these people hype Tennessee up when it gets like really close to season just to like get fans reading. Like say one good thing about Tennessee, like Jared Garantano could be a breakout player this year or Vols could go not. I mean, I could see the Vols going nine and three. They say it just to keep Tennessee fans coming back. That's a power move. That's I believe it now. Like this year, there should be zero hype. Yeah, I, I don't. Now we're I don't like, get oh, it. I mean, they could win the East. <laughs> like, I don't get what? it. Like, it's great. Yeah, we don't have the toughest schedule in the country anymore, but it's still number seven. It's not. We're not top three, but it's, it's still number seven. It's not easy. When you sent me the trap game thing, I sat down and I was like, "Oh, I, I literally wrote all, oh, oh. <laughs> like." All of them are trap games for us. Like, we could yeah. get trapped in any of them. <laughs> because you haven't seen that consistency with this program in a long time. No, I, I I mean, I just don't have – I think we go minimum six and six. Like, I, I do. But, like, I won't be surprised if we're not in the bowl again. Like, I know it sucks. Like, I do. That's just – Ooh, that, that hurts. It hurts. I mean, just look at – like, let's talk through this. Like, we can talk through it. And you look at the games and, like, you really only have, like – four you really only have three guaranteed wins on that schedule yeah. e- everyone else like you're not technically better than you hopefully have four right hopefully hopefully but like if you look at it it's like i would only bet my freaking life on three of them yeah maybe like, not even that like, maybe just two <laughs> i mean that's that's my that's what i'm saying like it just how we've gone from bowl eligible barely to Nine and three is beyond me. Yeah, I don't get it. And somebody, somebody is like dead set on ten and two, and I'm just like, yeah, I want whatever you're smoking. I hope I'm wrong. I hope because geez, ten hope, and two. I hope we roll in and they laugh in my face every time they win a ball game. I do. I got. I got hope that's the case. And I'm not saying I really don't believe we'll go three and nine, four and eight. Like I think, like I said, I think we're six and six, seven and five, right on that bubble. But when you sit down and look at it. You can't, without a doubt, tell me we're better or we're going to be favored in eight games. Yeah, and and I think we'll improve this year, but you haven't seen anything that gives you the the comfort in that we actually are going to be better than we were last year. Yeah, I mean, and I I do have, have faith in terms of what Jeremy Pruitt's doing with the defense. I mean, our run defense was terrible. For, for pretty much the whole year. And then you go and look, and we played one of the best running teams in the country. Best, best running, One of the best running teams besides probably like Alabama and probably Georgia in the SEC, which was two really good teams when you're stacking them up in Kentucky, and you stop them. And you stop a guy who was a Heisman candidate in them. Yeah. And, and then you look at Auburn, who had a tough year, but Jarrett Stidham's, I mean, he is respected in the SEC. And you didn't let him beat you. So, like, I have faith along the way. Now but then offense, we let South Carolina – Run down our throats. Right. It's just week to week, you just don't know. And yeah, I, ha- I have high hopes for our offense to get better. But at the same time, like, I ain't banking on that. No. Especially because our offense, I think we'll have so much talent at the skill position. I yeah. think we have so much talent. I mean, I think a lot of guys are probably going to be frustrated when these dudes go in the NFL and do just fine. I mean, look at Alvin Kamara. I think Jalen Hurd, if he finds the right fit, he'll be just fine. I mean, those are guys that's going to frustrate you when they, they do well. I I'm surprised Josh Malone hadn't found a fit yet. I just don't think he's fast enough. I think that's a big deal. But guys like that that I think are really talented and were on our roster and 
are currently on our roster in a few years will do fine in the NFL. Can we can JG give him the ball? Can our offensive line give enough time to get yeah. to give JG to get them the ball? Can Child Ch- Chandler give him a little bit of space? Give him a hole. Tim Jordan, same thing. There's so much talent on the roster. It's just got to be everyone. The talent around him has got to effectively work as well. Yeah. So I I mean, hey, if we're ten and two at the end of the year. I'll more than, tip my hat. You know what I'll be doing? If we, Somebody's getting a raise over there in more that than complex. Assuming we beat, take care of business in the East. If we go 10-2, and two, you know what I'll be doing? I'll be in the kitchen butt naked making eggs. <laughs> I'll be shaving my head outside Mercedes-Benz Stadium is what I'll be doing because of my bet. Yeah. So, and I'll do it. I'm not afraid. I First off, I feel like I look good bald. <laughs> but <laughs> the part, I, I'll... I'll I've done plenty. Self-awareness. I've done plenty worse for the loss. Okay, I've done plenty worse. That's true. I went to games with people I'm not happy to go to games with, <laughs> just because I love the loss. And then some people I've made some lifelong friends going to the games. Yeah. So you know, it is what it is. We'll see. But God, I'm so ready for tailgates too. So ready for football. Season. Dude, if we lose to Kentucky while we're there, I'm gonna be upset because that will be two years in a row. We uh, went to Vanderbilt, lost. Kentucky, lost. If that I, would be miserable. If I lose in Kroger Field, I'm going to the city. Yeah, first thing that, I'm doing. That's terrible. <laughs> Kroger's thing. not even – like, if it was Publix, you'd be like, eh, you know. But it's yeah. Kroger. At least I got beat by some organic stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, God, yeah, I don't see us going 9-3, and 10-2. I don't see it happening. I'll, see, I'll say 7-5. and five. I wonder if those people who are saying it are, like, trying to speak it into existence. Like, that kind of thing. Yeah. Like, when I go play golf, I'm like, I'm going to hit a good drive. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm like, I'm going to hit a good drive. Or like, I'm going to put this really close to the pin on this shot. I know what's going to happen, but positive mindset, trying to think it into, speak it into existence. Yeah. It's Maybe that's like, what they're trying to do. It's like, they're trying to get, they're trying to get you excited. Just kind of like in job interviews. Oh yeah. Hey, we're, we're going to have you, you apply for this job. You interview. They're like, okay, we're going to ask you back for a second interview. And then you start thinking about it. Oh, I might actually get this job. Like, if I get this job, I can buy this, this, and this. Turns out there's three other people in their second interview doing way better. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and then you go to the, the second interview, and you're like, oh, that went well. Like, I, that that's good. You start talking yourself into it. Like, these people are, you know, putting it in your brain that Tennessee could go 9-3. and three. So, me, I'm just like, just to I'm just like, put you down. what if we do go 9-3? and three? Well, then... It's been 10 years since we've been relevant. So it's just like, yeah, you're not getting me this time. So. Nope, not going to happen. I am dead set. I'm barely bowl eligible, and I will I will go to the Music City Bowl again. Yeah. <laughs> I had a good time in Nashville. That was so. fun. I don't, we drove back that night, didn't we? No, we stayed in the hotel. Oh, that's right. But we stayed in we stayed in Murfreesboro because like, we drove back a little bit. We yeah, stayed we, we should have went out. We yeah, you, when you go to Nashville, you have to go out. We did not go I blame Brody. Kind of is Brody's fault, and I also blame him just because we did like, get, we did go somewhere and eat, didn't we? Yeah, I mean we went out for like drinks, like yeah. we went out like that was it. It was fun though. I mean, I still had a good time. Don't get me wrong, but tailgate was fun. It's absolutely um, Pruitt's violation. <laughs> so big deal, guys. Jeremy Pruitt has been caught apprehended. Yeah, put put him in handcuffs. I mean, terrible. Um, I I can't. I mean, like I get the idea behind it, I guess, but not really. I don't. I mean. Is he? Here's my question: Is he in trouble if he texts the head coach and tells him congratulations? Because if the answer is yes, then there's a problem with the rule. 
Yeah. If the answer is like no, we just don't want to be on Twitter because it looks like you know unfair, blah blah blah. Okay. But if he can't have contact with a high school coach who he obviously has a relationship with, that's witchcraft. Yeah. And I think it would be different if it was actually football. Was it not football? It was basketball. Oh, what? Yeah. Plainview (laughs) boys basketball team repeating as state champions. And he told them congratulations. I just assumed it was football. No. Oh, my gosh. Because it was in 2019. So this was – Yeah. All these were self-reported for the first six months. Well, surely. But could it have been football? I feel like it was football. I can't remember saying that. No. It was definitely basketball? It was definitely basketball. What the – what? And it was so somebody I guess told him it was deleted thirty seven minutes after. Like NCAA, do y'all do y'all not? And like I get it, it's a small violation, it means nothing. But the fact that it's a violation is ridiculous. Like if he does it again, you all probably do try to punish him. Yeah. Like I, I that is absurd, man. That's absurd. So, my question would be: Is it a violation if he were to congratulate? Like a kid, yeah. I mean, yeah, definitely. If you're, yeah. What What if it's like Simone Biles was in high school and she won the high school world champions, and he said congratulations. Yeah. Is that a violation? Because he, because she was in, no matter what high school she went to, is that still a violation? I, I, I guess if she, or is it just a violation because he went to that? He's associated with that school. No, no, no. I, I think. That's to me the absurd part. It's like it wasn't some random high school that he's recruit. He may be recruiting a kid out of there, but it's not some yeah. random high school. It's like the high school. That's what I find the most absurd about it. Which I, I mean, I find it absurd if like he knew the coach and was congratulating him, or if he, I don't know. I mean, I guess I get tweeting at a specific kid because like you have contact and you have periods you can't contact him. Like I get mm-hmm. that part of it, but like I, I don't know. I, I don't get that at all. You're not – that doesn't seem like you're getting a leg up. Everyone should – I don't know. It's stupid to me. That's so dumb to me. Yeah, I, I just – The NCAA finds new ways every day to get just more absurd. Yeah, so we'll – I mean, we'll uh, give Jeremy Pruitt a little slap on the wrist for this, but we we won't find out about Aubrey Solomon and yeah. D'Angelo Gibbs. No. And then – I mean, the biggest – I mean, first off, Missouri can tell you firsthand, do not self-report ever because self-reporting just gets you the harshest punishment. Pull, pull all these schools, pull an LSU, pull North Carolina, all these schools get caught doing it and nothing happens. Fight it until it deny, 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 fight it till the day you die. Don't be honest. Yep. Honesty just gets you screwed. It's like that's all the NCAA tells us. Yeah, Missouri it's, self-reports it's and gets a, they like, well, yeah, we fired it. We took care of it on our end. We did what we could do. They, did they were the players already gone or did they they like suspended them in some way like took something from them like whatever they could yeah and the NCAA is like nah um don't care you got to postseason ban so deny 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 <laughs> that's my only advice for any NCAA associated school because I don't know it's just self reporting should get you I mean as long as and like if you just like yeah hey um we paid this kid. I found out this booster paid a kid a hundred thousand dollars. We're not doing anything, but like I found it out. Okay, I could get punishing them then. But like Missouri's like, yeah, we found out a tutor helped them cheat, and then we fired that tutor and took care of it. And they're like, nah, that's not that's not enough. 
I just I just don't understand what the big deal. Like if Peyton Manning were to congratulate them, he's associated with Tennessee or Philip Former. If Philip Former did it, is I'd that a feel, violation? I would assume Philip Former. Yeah, I would assume that's a violation. So if Peyton Manning, Philip Former got in trouble for he got a violation for coaching at practice. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. That's cool. I can but, just see him like sitting there. He's like chilling, smiling, probably standing with a booster, and he sees something, some offensive lineman that just. He's got to get in there. He drops his jacket, sport coat, drops it, starts coaching. That's what I see. That's in my head what happened. But, yeah, no, I mean, I imagine it's just the coaches. Like, I don't think Peyton Manning would because he doesn't. What if, what if Jeremy Pruitt's daughter went to this high school or, or son and – See, that's – okay, I've always kind of wondered that. So, like – Can you not cheer for your own kid? Yeah, I mean, see, that's my question is, like, so there's recruiting dead periods. So, let's use – um. Rob Lanier, his son played at Webb, Lanier, plays yeah. at Webb. Yeah. And let's say there's a Tennessee recruit on the team. Could he go to the games and just not speak to him? Because it's a recruiting dead period. Can he speak to him? Because, like, it's his son's friend. Like, that's where I'm like, there's got to there's be so many gray areas of that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> One guy's like, hey, Mr. Lanier. <laughs> nope. Nope. No. <laughs> NCAA said no, son. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how all that works. Um, there's definitely a lot. There's got to be gray areas. I, don't I mean, know. I would just think that they would – They'd worry about something. Else. How about get us a new football game? Yeah, for real. Pay the players. No, don't even pay the players. Just allow the players to get paid. You don't have to pay the players. California. Yeah, I'm curious what happens there. Yeah, that's that's going to be huge. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, if the NCAA tries to do that, I mean, the NCAA is made up of organizational schools. Like, there's no, like, one. Like, there's a guy that's, like, obviously, like, been voted in and is the head of it. But, like, there's not just one guy that's, like, controlling it all in terms of. But, like, I imagine if you're a California school, you leave if they ban you from postseason, right? Yeah. Yeah, you just up and leave. So, I don't I'm curious what happens there. Like, I don't see them being associated with the NCAA if they cannot participate in postseason. And it's kind of – I guess I'm kind of curious, like, the NCAA-affiliated school's stance on it. So, like, Cal. Like, what's – is Cal going to be like, yeah, like, or will they try to not allow their players – to receive those things. But they're a state school, so I doubt they would be able to do that. But um, would they try to be like, yeah, we're not going to allow that to happen so we can stay affiliated with the NCAA? I'm curious what happens with all that. Yeah. It's and, definitely, it definitely could get messy. Is that a recruiting violation? I can go to this school and get paid. Well, if, at that, if they didn't, what they're trying to do is avoid that because if they ban California schools, then, yeah, they could. Like, they would either have to let everyone do it or ban California schools, one or the other. Yeah. They definitely would not. Yeah, like think about all the recruits Cal would get. Oh yeah, like hey, you can come to my school and we, you get paid for going to sign an autograph at Buffalo Wild yeah, Wings nah, on Wednesday. No, nah, that wouldn't happen. So yeah. that would be that would be different. I mean, I am a yeah. I kind of. I mean, I've thought about it a little bit, but not a whole lot. Um, so I'm curious to see what happens. I uh, I mean, it's a long. It's been a well, long time coming. And while we're kind of on this, so Texas has um, a new program where if your parents make less than sixty five thousand dollars a year, any you got to be an in state student. Less than $65,000 a year, you can come to Texas for free. I wonder how that works. Because, like, does it – can I have as many walk-ons at that point as I want? And if your parents make less than $65,000, you're a full-time – you're on a full scholarship, essentially. Your school is getting paid for. Yeah, so you can get any – you can get as many recruits as you want. Yeah, so I don't understand how that works. I, if anybody knows how that works, if you're familiar, Vanderbilt has a similar program. If you're familiar with it, with how that works – which I mean, obviously, getting to Vanderbilt is a little bit more difficult than getting to Texas, but and then Stanford has something similar too. Yeah, 
So I don't, I don't know how all that works. Um, first off, Stanford should be completely free. Their endowment's like $26 billion. Billion with a B. It's humongo. It's crazy. Yeah. Can't imagine that. Um, yeah, so I, I don't know how all that works. Um, so if you do, maybe let me know. Because I feel like the NCAA shouldn't allow that. Like, think about baseball or uh, softball. Like, teams with, like, partial scholarship stuff. Yeah. Seems like that's an upper hand, like you said. Like, that seems like a upper hand in recruiting. Um, yeah, I mean, what, what's the point in that? What's the point in even offering scholarships? Yeah, I mean, I guess if your parents make over, you know, over sixty five thousand, yeah, that's we'll, the only we'll just needed. we'll just save the scholarships for somebody that needs it. Yeah, I don't know how it all works, but that, but then you get into if they make that much money, like do they even need a scholarship? Which I, I guess it's always nice, but right, Pay, paying for school is paying for school. Yeah, no matter how much your parents make. Right, but I mean, if you get like. The USA, USC thing where parents are throwing out thousands of dollars. I imagine for, those parents were paying for school. <laughs> yeah, right. I imagine. Yeah. I don't think they were taking I don't think there were any student they, loans. They're just paying for acceptance. I don't think any student loans are being taken out there. <laughs> if they were, whoa. Yeah. Priorities, people. Priorities. Right. Get your kid. Oh, wait. Get your kid into school first. Then we'll worry about Yeah, we'll tuition. pay for it later. We'll worry about tuition <laughs> after that. Um, Looking over at basketball real quick, going to look at DJ Burns, um, who has officially announced he is going to Winthrop. Winthrop. Yep. I'm not saying it differently. Winthrop. He's he's headed back home to Rock Hill, South Carolina, which is interesting to me. I imagine that had – I think the reason he's going home is that probably grants him immediate eligibility. Probably. Being, you know, in Rock Hill. Right. I don't don't know. It's just weird to me because – It's a weird situation. Because if, if he would have went to, like, a big school, and this was supposed to be his freshman year anyway, yeah, he would probably redshirt, maybe? So he, he'd, or he'd sit out? If he went to a big school. If he went to a big school, I mean, who knows his eligibility nowadays? Like, who knows if he gets immediate eligibility? I imagine that had to play into it. So, I, obviously, there's no reason to transfer. Um, like, in terms of, like, health, like parent, sibling health, health whatever. Um so, but maybe going to Winthrop because Winthrop's F, like they're it's not FBS it's just NCAA Division One right mm-hmm. so I mean they're in the same division technically but I imagine moving that close that helps you get eligibility yeah I don't know I mean that's why I'm kind of thinking it was I, I, I think it was also the development yeah. of him too that he because I, I feel like if he was such a hot commodity like yeah. There would have been more people. He would have taken a world tour like Kerry Blackshear. <laughs> Makes you think what was going on behind the scenes, though, too. Yeah. Like, why was no one big going for him? Development, personal issues, family issues. I mean. And, and they might have contacted him. I, yeah. I don't know that he, for sure. I mean, he but... may have had offers from the best of the best, and he just wanted to go. Like, I, And it could be there could be someone ill at home that he wants to be in the same city. Like it, there could be a variety of reasons. Mm-hmm. A variety. And... and the players like reach out to him and it was like saying congrats and everything. So I wanted to say it was kind of a mutual thing. It probably didn't leave some like so much on bad blood. Yeah, yeah. bad terms. Um, I looked at their roster. They've got a they they don't have a ton of size. They do have two six eight forwards, um, and then a, a six ten center. And um, it looks like a pretty um, top heavy program in terms of uh, guards age. But, I mean, yeah. I mean, I feel like they – I don't know much about Winthrop. I think they made the NCAA tournament last year. Oh, you're year. talking about Winthrop. I Winthrop. thought you were talking about us. No, no. I think they, think they made the tournament last year, I believe. 
trying to remember. Um, so I mean, a pretty decent program. I don't know how he'll fit in there, but I'm curious to see. I definitely will, you know, at least Keep be peeking out. over. Yeah, I'm peeking over to see what happens because either one, he's really good, and you're asking what happened to make him leave, or two, he didn't get any better, and you're asking why he didn't get any better. Yeah, there's there. I mean, there's something you're gonna be asking. Maybe he's just decent, and who knows what happened. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I definitely I'm, I'm think curious. this makes Rose Plofsic immediate eligibility huge. It's necessary, yes. Because we have Zach Kent, who hasn't stepped on the court since absolutely he's been nothing here. about, and then we have Baby Deer. Yeah, John Fulkerson. Baby, Baby Deer Fulkerson, probably our best. He doesn't live close enough for to pals to make me think he's getting better every day. Yeah, if he live, if we were in Johnson City, I would put a lot of money on he's getting better right now. Yeah, but we don't live close enough for that. So maybe and he's taking, maybe he's staying at home in, during the summer, yeah. so he can he can eat pals. Which, so did he go to? Was the school he went to in North Carolina like driving distance from Johnson City? Like, was he because it was a private school, right? I don't. Like, did I don't he remember. Technically, live in Kingsport his whole life, or did he move? Did they move to North Carolina? That's what I don't know. I know he he graduated from Kingsport. Was, he graduated from Dobbins Bennett. No, I think or, he was from like a Christian school. I thought it was in North Carolina. You gonna Google that for me? Google that for me. But I, I think it's it's huge to get Uros Plavsic. Otherwise, you're going to be playing small ball all season. Yes. And going to be relying on a lot of guys that maybe, haven't had any production. So maybe far. we can defend the three. Yeah. We'll find small ball, maybe. Because we'll I, I, I do know Tennessee really loves that um, Olivier um, Robinson Kumwa. Uh, I do know that. I do know they really – he was Christ school in Arden, North Carolina. I think – I don't is know that, how close that is, though. I don't. I don't know, though. Is that the same school that Navy Shuler goes to? No clue. You got me there. Maybe it is. I don't know. <clears> uh, but anyway, I, I think that's huge to get him immediate eligibility because if not, you're going to be relying on a six ten Zach Kent, who we know nothing about. We don't know if he's good or not. John Fulgerson, who has been fine, but not somebody you're just so comfortable being the the starter and having thirty minutes of. Play time. Right. Um, and then Olivier, who people like, but people think, uh, I heard this on, I think it was from Brent Hubbs, that people, or Rob Lewis, people really like him. They really like how hard he plays, but he could foul out in 12 minutes. <laughs> Old Derek Walker, get him in there to rough some people up, <laughs> yeah. huh? Found his replacement. That's good. That's good. So, yeah. I uh, I don't know. I'm kind of curious to see how this roster plays out now. Um. We're gonna go into some Twitter questions while we go while we go into those Twitter questions. If you got anything uh, for our live viewers, drop it in the comments. We'll get them as we go. Um, as we pick up these Twitter questions, we'll, we'll hit on them as well. So, ask any questions you'd like right now. Yeah. So, first one we had at Matty R O three said, "What's what is Tennessee's must win game this upcoming season?" For me, it was South Carolina. That we talked about last week. For me, I hate to say it, but it's Vanderbilt. You gotta beat Vanderbilt. Yep. You have to beat Vanderbilt. And you haven't done it. Jerry Pruitt hadn't done it yet. Haven't done it in two in a row now. Gotta beat Vanderbilt. I hate to say it. I'd love for Tennessee to be that'd be a guaranteed win, but that's where we're at right now. Yep. And then John Morant is a Memphis Grizzlies said, should Ty Chandler be utilized differently? Thinking slot receiver question mark. I mean, you could use him in the slot. It's kinda I think similar to how you did Alvin Kamara. He's a different type of player than Alvin Kamara. Um, he's not going to be a primarily catch out of the backfield guy, but I think you could potentially do that. But I, but I mean, you also have a lot of athleticism at wide receiver. You have those slot guys, so I don't think it's necessary. I think if 
it, it's going to depend on the offensive line, how you yeah. use him. Um, but he is your best playmaker on offense, in my opinion. I think he's the best playmaker probably on this roster, probably. Um, Get the ball in his hand. And Jim Chaney showed that he can use wide receivers and, and running backs and tight ends in a, in a ton of different ways. And I think it's great that Ty Chandler is versatile-like, similar to an Alvin Kamara. Mm-hmm. Um, he probably doesn't catch as well as Alvin Kamara, but I think he runs between the tackles better than he Alvin run, Kamara yeah. did while he's he more was of a, at Tennessee. He's more of a downhill runner yeah. than, than Kamara. Not that Kamara was afraid of it or anything, but he was more. he's more of it. Yeah, and so I, I think that you can use him in the slot, use him on jet sweeps. Um, but I think to do that, you're also going to have – have to have production out of guys like Tim Jordan, Carlin Filzamine, mm-hmm. if you're going to put him in the slot. And that's that's saying if you have somebody better in the slot, like a, a Jordan Murphy or um, Josh Palmer, Juwan Jennings, you know, guys like that, I feel like you have to put them in there as well. Right. I mean, it definitely, like you said, it kind of depends on the offensive line. Also depends on if you need to find more creative ways to get the ball in, um, in Ty Chandler's hands. Usually with a running back to try to get the ball in his hands, the uh, the play isn't to take him out of the backfield, um, usually. Uh, but, you know, I could definitely see someone like Jim Chaney doing it. Now, you saw Cordell Patterson move around because getting the ball in a wide receiver's hands, if he's your target guy, you've got to find more creative ways to do it. Not so much um, with a running back. You can, you can uh, just hand it off, obviously. You can toss it, screens. But I mean, yeah, you you can. De- I could definitely see him, um, you know, moving out of the backfield into the slot a lot this season. I could see that happening. Yeah, trying to create mismatches and, um, so yeah, I, I can definitely I, see that. And it opens up if you're able to put somebody in the slot that was your primary running back and put him out in the slot and he performs. Yeah, that opens everything else up. Yeah, it and, helps a lot. and you saw how more efficient our offense was when we utilize. Um, Ty, Ty Chandler out of the backfield. Yeah. I, I'm excited to see what they do with him. I'm excited to see what they do with, with him, combination of Tim Jordan, and then I'm excited also to see what they do with the combination of our wide receivers. Hopefully Juwan's healthy, uh, Callaway, and then you've got a lot of younger guys that have talent there too. And don't so forget Dominique Wood-Anderson too. And you got Dominique Wood-Anderson who I – yeah. I, I I think he'll be a lot more um, of a weapon downfield than he was last year. I do. A lot more polished, yeah. I think, as well. Yes. Um, we have a question. I don't know if you have any more for Twitter, but from the Periscope, is this finally Murphy and Jalen Johnson's breakout season? I think he's – is he talking about football and – I'm assuming football basketball. and basketball, yes. Jordan Murphy, I think next year will be his time. Um, and I hate that. In front of him. Yeah, I, I hate that because I, I do think he is explosive and, and he can be utilized this season as well. But I think next season where you lose a lot of guys – He's probably still here, and he's probably he's probably our number one. I think you see I think you see him get a lot more touches than he has. Yeah, but breakout I think it's tough to say because just the talent and the mm-hmm. the wealth of talent you have in front of him too. You got a lot. He could be he could you know get hot early and you rob that hot hand and use him a lot. That's how, that's possible. Truly, I, I'm with you though. I think if anything next year probably. Um, but I do I, think you see him though. I, I will say this: if Jawan Jennings. He's dealt with some injuries. Um, he's dealing with one right now, actually. It's very true. Yeah. So, Maybe. you know that that could be open. That could open a door, and that's his time to shine. Is he able to to capitalize on that? Um, yep. We'll see. But yeah, and then uh, Jalen Johnson, I think um, uh, it better be 
At least his <laughs> kind of have to. Yeah, at least his like maybe doesn't have, doesn't have to be his best season, but has to be a good season from him. We need it. Um, so this is kind of uh, got a little bit of weight on your shoulders here. Got you know this is a pressing time to perform and, and does with, he show up with the lack of bigs that we have. Um, I think guys like Jalen Johnson, Jordan Bowden. Josiah James, guys that are good defenders are yeah. going to have to play some in the paint. So and Jalen Johnson's got length; he's going to be asked yeah. to do a lot of different things. I right? Think. Yeah. So. So yeah, may, maybe not offensively. We won't. I think he can shoot better than we've seen. Yeah. Um, get in the game, get comfortable. I, I think I like him, but I, we've heard he's a good defender, and he defended decent when he's been in the game. It's yeah. usually been garbage time. I think that's where he'd decent. be utilized the most is defensively. Yeah, for sure. In my opinion. I think that's definitely a good thought to have. Um, yeah, I think it has to be his breakout season. Yeah, um, for sure. Um, before, any more Twitter questions? Nope. That's no, it. that's it. Um, we got a little bit of time. We're going to run through our um, our segments. Feel free to ask any more questions in the comments if I see them. Hopefully, I do. We'll go through them. Uh, you don't feel the need to stop with those. But before we jump into our segments, Landon's going to tell us about some more of our friends. Absolutely, our friends at. SeatGeek, let them take the confusion out of your ticket buying experience. Instead of shopping dozens of sites to find the best deal, let SeatGeek do the work for you. Their app scans the web for the best deals to your favorite concert, show, or game and rates them on a scale of 0 to 10 to let you know you're getting the best bang for your buck. A green dot, marks a great deal. Yellow dot, good deal. Red dot, not so good deal. Use promo code ACAA at checkout to receive $20 off your first purchase. That's two free beers at the stadium on them. What are you waiting for? That's promo code ACAA for $20 off your first purchase. SeatGeek, live's an event. We have the tickets. Go check them out, guys. Yeah. Great we usually stuff. say we're going to use that for beer and kneeling this year. Will we get beer and kneeling this year? Not 100% sure because... Uh, I don't know if it was today or the other day. Philip Fulmer was asked about it. Didn't really give a straight answer. Said kind of like, we well, hope so. Yeah, we're working yeah, on it. Yeah, working on it. I hope so kind of yeah. So, still may be another long, sober season inside Neyland Stadium. <laughs> yeah. Somewhat sober. <laughs> yeah. Eh. S- sobering up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You definitely <laughs> you get sober. Yeah. Oh, well. We'll have a good time either way. Absolutely. Either way. Come by the tailgate. Come by the tailgate. Come hang out. Jumbotron. What you got? Jumbotron. Oh, I probably need to tell them what it is. The best slash, I guess, I guess the best, but the best for you, your touchdown celebrations. Yeah, like what would you do if yeah, you were to score a touchdown? So there may be like a better one that you're like, I couldn't pull that off, so I'm not going to do it. Yeah. Like an Odell Beckham dance one, I can never do, so I'm not going to do that one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, and this is probably just NFL or maybe even MLS or no, soccer. No, I, I got football. I got football stuff. Just football? Okay. I just got football stuff, yeah. Um, I, was just, in a, I was in a football frame of mind. Okay. I'll start with the, the Millie Rock. Okay. Mm. See, I'm not going to do that stuff. See? Just just simple <laughs> and easy. Yeah, just just something simple and easy. Then I'll give the ball back to the – Yeah, you drop the ball when you do the Millie Rock, don't you? When, when, I'll pick it back up. Free-handed. Yeah, I'll pick oh, it back you're up. you're giving it to him after that. Okay. Yeah. I'm not going to make him pick it up. Yeah. My first one is my all-time favorite celebration, period. And if I ever get the chance, I won't now. I'm way past that. But um, I wish I had, whether it be in football or soccer or whatever, jumping into the crowd, like land, I, yeah, like slash Lambo leap. Okay. Like, jumping into the crowd, I think, is like an electric celebration. 
uh, one of my favorite ones. If uh, I'd have to find it on YouTube, and I'll share it if I can. Um, it's a it's a college soccer game, and they hit it either. I think it's a PK game winning PK, and the dude just like crowd surf jumps into the crowd, and it's freaking awesome. But like all the you know now like everyone in the NFL does it. It's not just in Green Bay. Yeah, like everyone jumps into the crowd. Love that celebration. When we won against Morristown West and all got in trouble for jumping over the bushes, yeah. that was awesome. So I guess I did get a chance to do it, but not like touchdowns. And then the bushes were and then filled with thorns. And uh, when we beat Seymour senior year, Daryl Chandler, I jumped up on the bleachers and Daryl Chandler yanked me off. <laughs> <laughs> I still got to do it, so it was all right, but I got yanked off. It was awesome. Good celebration, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Um, I was thinking about this, and I was like, what have I done if I – when I scored in high school. And <laughs> I always just thought about kicking the extra point. That's all I was worried about was just getting back to giving, to throw my gloves to the sideline where I could hold the extra point. That's all I was I worried about. I never got a chance to think about the touchdowns. I was like, oh, I was like, where's my block? I got yeah, it. That was cool. And then all it was right, like, it's time to do something. You're like else. trying to control your breath. Like, I've got 25 seconds yeah. to get under control here. Yeah. The coolest thing I've ever done was when you scored, I lift you up. Yeah. And I was like, I it was the, the one that like tied the game and everyone's like trying to celebrate with me. I'm like, I got to kick, I got to tie the, I got to actually yeah. tie the game now. <laughs> I was trying to pick you up to take you to you. where you're kicking. Yeah. But. Thank you. Yeah. I was, <laughs> someone was like, someone asked me like, why do you celebrate? And I was like, the game wasn't tied yet. And I had to tie it. <laughs> like, oh, no. Yeah. no, no, no. Yeah. No, that, so I didn't get much time to think about celebrations. So my next one, and I, I kind of just thought about this on the fly, but I thought it'd be really cool if everybody, like the whole offense or whatever lined up in, in different sections and you kind of just did the like a band like you oh nice like a orchestra yeah You're going a little orchestra yeah the little like, symphony going yeah okay yeah i thought that was cool. playing the yeah the, playing the, flute. the jazz like flute the, yeah it's definitely a jazz <laughs> jazz orchestra jazz yeah. band. i like that that's kind of similar to my third one but I'll, i got my second one first i actually did this one in a soccer game so i, I did I did have some decent soccer celebrations. Um, we can save those for another day. But this one's the – it's now being – now it gets called the discount double check. But it originally started as just the belt that Aaron Rodgers put on the championship belt. So, yeah. scored a game-winning goal against Jefferson County, and I put on the belt. Um, so, yeah, I did, I've actually done that one. So, I like that one a lot. Yeah. I don't think a lot of people – I think a lot of people are like, oh, is he telling us to suck it? Like, it kind of looks <laughs> – Kind of, yeah, it's it's a little questionable. Like the refs, like I mean, I might have to yell a card for that. Yeah, a little questionable. Yeah, it's but just it's a, a yellow card. It's a good celebration, especially when like Aaron Rodgers would get pumped up. I don't even know if he does anymore, but he would. I mean, definitely suck it. Like he's like yanking at the belt. It's <laughs> awesome. He's trying to get it off. It's just about. Suck. It's heavy. You know what? It probably it probably was suck it. And he's like, and people ask him, he's like, I can't say it. I was telling them to suck it. This I was putting champion. on the put on the championship belt. Yeah. That's what I was doing. That's awesome. Um, my next one. Hmm. I really like. I would say the onion. I would do the onion. <laughs> doing the onion now. Yeah, doing the onion. Um, but one of my favorite of all time is the wrestling. When like they're like, yeah, that is a good <laughs> yeah. one. That's yeah. a good one. Yeah, that, I, I, like that. I like that. With the, it usually ends with an RKO, which makes it way better. Yep. Most of the time, mm-hmm. if you get the good guy, you know, the good celebration guys. Um, my last one. I said it's similar to the orchestra because it's team oriented. It's full team. The bowling ball. You can't go wrong with a little bowling yeah. action. Line up, 10-pin. Someone needs to do a 7-10 split and hit that. That would be awesome. I'd love that. So that just hit the 7 cool. and 10-pins and you spin, it. spin it and let it 
Yeah, yeah, no, that would that's be what cool. I need from now on. I, no more full strikes. I need a seven ten split game. Okay, that'd be cool on an NFL field. This that season. would be fun. Whoever I know, there's a few NFL players watching. If you score a touchdown, seven ten split. I know one person on Tennessee's roster right now that could hit a seven ten split or seven eleven. Split. I know two. Yeah, maybe just one. Seven ten is it seven seven ten? Yeah, seven ten split. Yeah, yeah. I know. At least, yeah, one. I guess maybe two though. Who all was there that night? They were all really good bowlers. Tyler Bird. Tyler Bird's a really good – he's the guy who could hit the 7-10 yeah. split. Carlin Fields and me wasn't bad. No, there were three of them. Carlin Fields and me was good, and then there was another one that was good. Um, now, Tyler Bird was like averaging two-thirds. Jaquan Blakely was there. Cortez Sapp was there also. Okay. And they are good bowlers. They are good bowlers. Very good bowlers. That I, I, If they're not practicing, they're bowling. Yeah. 100%. Because that – I wonder if there's a bowl. They need a bowling alley at the facility just for Tyler Bird. Tyler Bird, like, he has – if football don't work out for him, bowling definitely does. Yeah, for sure. Oh, for sure. Because we were there for like, what, two and a half hours or three hours, and I never I saw him miss a pin. We were there for much longer than they got there. And then we, I think we only saw him bowl like three games, but his average was like 230, 240. Yeah. Because I was like, saying. when I saw him bowl like three or four strikes in a row, I was like, what's this man scoring over <laughs> yeah. here? I was like, dang, wearing it out. And there so, was some like he, like, he would just, like, bowl a strike and then just sit back down. Like, when we bowl a strike, we're like, yeah, suck it. Oh, I tell all y'all that. Yeah, I tell all y'all that off. I'm like, hey, did you see that? You like that? I'm going to get a you like that shirt for my bowling game. It's going to be a button-up bowling shirt. You like that. I love beating my wife in anything she that don't I do. don't do a lot. I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah, that's true. We need to take her to top golf to see if she can beat you. I'm terrible at top golf. I wonder if she can swing a golf club. I've never seen her. No doubt. I've seen it. No, it's not good. <laughs> We should all go then. She I'm might she now. might end up winning because she would just like probably just tap <laughs> it in the hole. It, yeah. yeah, that's funny. We should do that. Yeah, I love beating her in anything. That's the competitiveness in me. You like I love like beating her. Beating you. So like anytime I hit a strike, I'm just like, <laughs> mm, you like that? Eat that. Yeah, that's funny. Um, let's see here. Stupidity is an epidemic. Ooh, I got a couple. Okay, I'll start. I like it. At Sean Fincham. Um, he was He's talking been about trying to call me out and saying some stupid ass shit. Yeah. And I'm just, I mean, I don't, I don't take comment to it. I respond. Yeah, Sean, stop. Stop. But he was talking about the uh, the World Cup finals. Or what? It, do you call it the World, the World Cup, Cup final? Final. Final. Okay. Um, he said, LMAO, the refs had to give the. UN's women's team a goal because they need all the help they can get. Hashtag shameful. That man, that man don't know anything about soccer. Yeah, also, not. I don't disagree that we were gifted that PK, but we were out playing them and then scored another goal. Yeah, we were spanking that. So I don't. I, don't, I watch. I saw it and I was like, oh, that's really good for us. Like I somebody thought, said, are you as miserable in real life as you are on, on Twitter? But I wasn't like, oh man, they're only going to win because of that PK. Yeah. That's certainly not what I thought. Um, I've actually got another U.S. women's, uh, has to do with it. Hope Solo. Yeah. At Hope Solo. That Hope Solo. She's probably going to try to beat the crap out of me for talking She's about She's crazy. This. She is. She has a million followers. This, this tweet, I looked at it three days after, still only had 95 retweets and 1,500 likes. That's how stupid this tweet is. The whole world agrees that this is stupid. She tweeted, as the current World Cup champions and one of the leaders of the global game, it makes the U.S.'s technical box look unprofessional when the assistant coach won't sit down. Coaches like Phil Neville or Corrine, I can't remember how to say your name, Jassar maybe, Dakar, don't have to deal with it. Why does Ellis? So you don't know what the technical area is. So imagine like 
it's like in basketball, like really only the head coach would be standing up the whole time, but there's like, it's farther back off the field. So it's like really not that big a deal. But the head coach is really quote unquote, like it's the unspoken rule only the head coach is supposed to stand up. But really anyone's allowed to be in the technical area. You just can't exit the technical area. Yeah. So really that doesn't matter. Um, yeah. So I don't really understand, but her tweet's kind of stupid. It's like, they just won. So obviously whatever it is, is working for them. And then I think if the head coach of the women's team didn't like it, she would tell her assistants to sit down or leave. <laughs> yeah. So I think whatever she's doing is all right. Usually in soccer games, you'll see the assistants only get up to like make a point, like coach a point, and then they'll usually sit down. That's the usual thing. I feel like she's like searching for something to just complain about. Right. No, she's she's uh, she's crazy. That girl's crazy. You say to see it. You do. So my next one is Dan Wolken, and I didn't get to see this tweet because I'm blocked, and probably 98% of... I don't think I'm blocked. Yeah, I saw something today from that. 98% of Vault Nation is blocked by Dan Wolken, but he said, um, NBA TV has just shown John Morant in the stands eating chili cheese fries and Jaron Jackson downing some chicken fingers and fries. Do the Grizzlies even have a nutritionist? First of all, they can't eat. <laughs> right. Like, and it's not like they're in season. And it's none of your business. And, dude, freaking Chad Ochocinco eats, like, McDonald's every day. Like, yeah. And he's yeah. ripped. In, he's more ripped than anybody yet. Yeah, it's better to be healthy, but, like, one chili cheese fry ain't going to kill nobody. No. I'm just like, dude, they're at a basketball game. There's nothing else to eat there <laughs> but, but that Very kind of food. Too. Um. So, I like what John Morant said. He said, do the Grizzlies even have a nutritionist? And he did that with, like, the all undercase, lowercase <laughs> the letters. SpongeBob meme thing. Yeah. Hasht- hashtag cheat day. That's a good response. And, and players have cheat days. Like, that's... It happens. And maybe it was that day. Maybe it wasn't. Who cares? It happens. Yeah. Let, let's find something else to tweet about, Dan Wilkin. God. There was one guy... There's a couple guys if I saw I would just like punch in the face. Joe Clad is definitely one of them, but Dan Wolken is definitely one. I find that funny that you have such like, I mean I'm not like a Joel Clad fan, but like I really don't have any like ill will towards him. It, it was just that one thing. Right, right. No, I know why. I'm just I just find it funny because yeah. like it was just that one thing and mm, somebody who just favors the Big Ten just because they cover the Big Ten <laughs> over everything just blows my mind. Yeah, it's pretty rough. Like, how bored are you? You have to watch Big Ten games all the time. Right. Absolutely. Guys, it's about time to be off here. We've been on here for a long time. Yeah. We have. But thank you all for listening. Thank you for sticking with us. We are going to skedaddle on out of here. We'll be at you either Sunday or Monday. Landon's going to go enjoy. If you've never been to Greenville, uh, South Carolina, you need to go. The place is awesome. Yeah. Landon's going to go enjoy Greenville with, some, with some family. So. Some, some fam. We'll be on a... Late Kiwi, hopefully with Davo Sweeney. We'll see. Yeah. Um, but we'll be at you Sunday or Monday. We'll be back, I promise. Yep. And you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Facebook, Spotify, Spotify. You can <laughs> follow us on Instagram. <laughs> you can follow us yeah. on Instagram. We we have started keeping up with our Instagram. There'll, there'll be a lot of content come football and basketball season, too. Yeah. Like, you're in a dead period right now, so just just wait, wait, wait it out. I promise it'll be yeah. good. Google Play, um, pretty much anything that has podcast right. we're on it go check us out armchairsallamericans.com and that's it we got some big things coming we're we excited do. to um get that thing rolling 
and we'll keep you guys updated. We're bringing the boat in, and we out.